Hey everyone, my name is J.C. Thompson. I'm the family pastor here at Brookwood Church, and we are continuing our series entitled Lit, which is a Christian perspective on technology. Now, we've been defining technology quite broadly in this series to help you understand that technology is more than just electronic devices. Technology describes the tools that we create to make our lives better. So a toaster is an example of technology, and so is the printed Bible that you may have with you right now. Now, last week we discussed the effect technology has on our relationship with God, and this week we'll discuss the effect that technology has on our relationship with one another. Now, if you've got your outline or your discussion guide, or if you're in version, following our outline there, you can see that we're going to start uh, with this fill-in. Technology uh, influences community by facilitating connection. Second John verse 12 says this, I have much more to say to you, but I want to do it with paper and ink. For I hope to visit you soon and talk with you face to face. Then our joy will be complete. Now you see John uses a letter, a communications technology, to connect with the church that he is seeking to talk to. The Apostle John is writing this letter to the church, instructing them about eternal life, the relationship between love and obedience, and to be weary of false teachers. John states that this letter is not his first choice. In fact, his first choice would be to be face-to-face -face with them. But he still writes a letter. See, it can be very easy for us sometimes to discuss the ills of technology without also lauding its benefits, especially the communications technologies that we deal with on a regular basis. See, the letter itself, a piece of technology, was being used by John to instruct the church in the ways of God, and it was definitely a worthwhile investment of his time and energy. You see, our technology allows us to connect to people that sometimes we have difficulty in doing so when we cannot meet with them face to face. Now, without some of this technology that all of us are experiencing right now with the coronavirus and COVID-19 allowing us to connect with our family and friends and also to work from home, we, many more of us would lose jobs. We would not have access to strong biblical teaching during this time, and our relationships with our family and friends might grow very distant. See, the printing press, the radio, the television, and now Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram are all communications technologies that allow us to spread the love of Christ and the message of the gospel to more people than the devices before it. The opportunity to share the love of God is growing, and this is something to thank God for. Yes, there are definitely ills of these technologies, but our ability to deepen our physical connections with other people is tremendous. We cannot use our, our digital tools to connect us with more people, but also to connect us more deeply with those we already have relationships with in a uh, face-to-face manner. I want you to take a moment right now and think of someone that you might be able to meet with face-to-face -face in the near future. Maybe it's a friend, maybe it's a family member, maybe it's a neighbor that you recently met as you were walking through your neighborhood because of the quarantine. Someone that really does edify you and makes your life better. I want you to take just a second. I want you to text them, message them, maybe even uh, mention them in the comment stream of the service that you're watching. And I want you to find a way to connect with them face-to-face -face in the future. In other words, use your communication technology to set up a time to meet with them face-to-face. -face. In fact, this is a great example and application for us uh, to be able to do exactly what John was hoping to do, and that's to meet face-to-face -face with someone and grow our relationship with them.
Technology also influences community by feigning diversity. 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free, but we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. See, I chose the word feigning here because you're told that technology opens you up to a world of possibility, a world of people who are very different than you. But actually, that's not true. Technology leads you to believe that you'll hear from different people or experiences, but it's actually faking you out. This is one of the most amazing things for me when it comes to being a follower of Christ. Diversity. See, real diversity, where people try to unite around Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord. You see, God desires for us to be a diverse people. Every tribe and nation are represented in those who will one day worship at the feet of Christ. Now, as a part of the church birthed by God, we do not choose who is a part of the body of Christ. God does. You see, the church is, pe- is filled with people who are different than us according to uh, income level, experience, age, gender, ethnicity, and many other categories that seek to differentiate us. Yet, at the feet of Christ, all of us are united. Now, while it might seem that technology exposes you to a number of different viewpoints and perspectives, that's actually not true. In fact, the algorithms on social media actually make your screen gravitate towards those that agree with you based on previous interactions. In one way, that might seem wonderful. In other ways, it can severely limit your ability to understand an issue or a person from multiple points of view. Now, ask yourself this question. Would you willingly place yourself into a community of people who disagree with you to your face? And not only do they disagree with you to your face, but they also make sure that you understand why the thing that you feel so passionately about is incorrect. I don't know that many of us would. Would you put yourself in that position? You see, God's community, the church, is supposed to be a place where people share openly about their disagreements, but they do so in love and only for the benefit of the other person that's in front of them. See, this diversity also means that the diversity that technology says that that you have uh, actually means that you depend less on the flesh and blood people around you. The, The places that we shop, the places that we get our information from are hundreds if not thousands of miles away from us. A person today is more likely to receive information, support, consumer goods, and education from many different sources around the world rather than the community in which they live in. See, these communication technologies are meant to provide pragmatic solutions to our lives. They attempt to make our communication be easier, require less time and mental energy, and reduce the amount of things that seem out of our control. Yet when I read that list, I wonder how much we can really grow and mature into a disciple of Christ that gives and serves with humility and develop the character that we need to develop as a follower of Jesus if we are continually seeking the things that are easy mentally, physically, and emotionally, and only do the things that we think that we can control. You see, God's church gives us immense opportunity to learn, to grow, and to see things much differently, and to discover things about God's character that we may not be able to see with our own experiences alone. You see, I wonder what I might be able to learn as a 33-year-old white man 
from a woman who grew up in the Dominican Republic or a 60-year-old black man who works for a packaging equipment manufacturer, all who are seeking to honor and edify the church? The answer is a significant amount. I could learn a significant amount from people who are very different than me, all seeking to honor and glorify Jesus Christ. You can learn a significant amount of people that otherwise you would disagree with. I wonder if we might learn of the long-suffering, patience that we haven't had the opportunity to have formed in us as followers of Jesus from learning from those who've had different life experiences. I wonder if I might learn some of the innovative ways of connecting with people or learning to share stories of God's faithfulness, the love of a family that looks and has different experiences than my own. See, this is just a small portion of what God had in mind when he formed his body, the church. Let me ask you this. Who has Christ placed in your life? How can you learn from them? Here's a, here's a question, uh, actually a piece of advice for parents. Uh, share stories with your children. I know it may seem like they may not understand and the world is a very different place than when you were growing up as a child. But I think it's one of the most powerful things that we can do is to share stories with other people. In a communication uh, video that we had earlier this week, Perry and David and I talked about the importance and the uh, benefit of sharing stories, especially across age groups, because it gives us the ability to perceive values. Uh, even though the technology may look different, the values we can draw out of stories that people share with us. We should always be sharing stories with the people in our lives. Technology also is influencing our community by forfeiting the physical. In week one of our series, we discussed that God was nearby. He was walking in the garden as Adam and Eve sinned, rebelling against God. Now, if you're like me, that verse may hit you with a bit of jealousy. The, the way that Adam and Eve had a kind of intimacy with God based on his physical presence that we don't get to enjoy yet. In fact, we long for that type of intimacy with God. Sin, which me, this means that humans cannot commune with God in the same way that they had been able to before. They needed mediators. A mediator is someone who is between two parties trying to find a resolution. Christ is our ultimate mediator. And we must have him as our mediator on, on his terms or we will end up facing God by ourselves. But when Christ returns, we will be unencumbered in our approach to God. See, if the goal is to have unmediated connection between God and man, human interaction must be the same. You see, we write letters and we send emails and text messages. We mention people on social media because we cannot have discussions face-to-face. -face. So communication technology is a mediator for us. While these tools offer benefits, they also have limitations. They disembody our communication. It's one of the reasons that it's important for us to make sure that we gather physically. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 says this, Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Now, if you can remember back to the days of dating your spouse, maybe some of you might be dating now. You didn't write a letter or text message saying, I just can't wait to write another letter or text message to you. No, you wrote, I can't wait to see you face to face. I can't wait till we are together again to be with you. See, that with that the digital offers to us will always be less than the width 
of unmeted, unmediated communications. See, our faith is spiritual, but it's also accomplished through physical means. One of the great shifts in faith has been uh, attempting to separate the spiritual from the physical. But you see, Jesus came in a physical body. The major example of the working of the family of God, a spiritual community, is a physical example. The body, the human body. Now, for some people, the ability to get to a church building because of age, declining health, or special needs may make gathering physically difficult, but this should be the exception. In fact, today, the fact that you are watching me on a piece of technology should be the exception. I'll be honest with you, it's very difficult for me preaching to a camera. I don't know if I'm boring or engaging. I don't know if you are getting, understanding what I'm saying to you, or you have no idea if we're even on the same planet. All I can see is a camera in front of me. But this also provides wonderful opportunities for the church members to reach out to those who may be unable to gather physically, to provide community, to provide resources to them as families. But online church is a concession, and it can never replace the real gathering of the body of Christ together. Baptism and the Lord's Supper are physical acts. The call for us as Christians is to live physically in the community that God has placed us in, showing a real physical representation of the love of God to our community. See, we're passionate about that as pastors because we know that the message is the most important thing, but right behind that is the messenger, the shepherd for the sheep that God has called us to. For us, it's important that you're able to see our lives, see our families, see the way that we live, and see that our character is way more important and a priority to us than our skill set or the abilities that we may be able to offer to people. In what ways has this quarantine revealed some of the ways that you've neglected the physical connections in your life? What step do you need to take to deepen your flesh and blood relationships? And do you long to be back physically with the church? Do you long to be gathering with the people who disagree with you, but do so in a loving way to help you see Jesus in the way that you should? If you're feeling especially alone during this time and are looking for connections, we would love to help you do that. I just want you to drop a comment below saying that you'd like to be connected and we'll have some of our volunteers reach out to you. See, this time of quarantine and coronavirus is definitely a challenging time for us, but technology gives us some unbelievable benefits, but there's things that we must be aware of, risk and dangers associated with that. And one of those is forfeiting the physical uh, things that we're, the benefits that we have in physical connection and communication. So let me pray for you today as we continue in uh, staying at home. Uh, I pray and ask God to bless you and your family to keep you safe from the virus, but also to protect you uh, from all the ills of what's going on in our society today. And I ask God to, those things that he's revealing to you, uh, I pray that you're using those to take a step closer towards relationship with him. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you so much, and I'm so thankful for you. Uh, I'm thankful that you placed me in a situation where I can learn and grow, sometimes uh, with people who view life differently than me. But I'm so thankful that I can see marvelous pictures of your grace and mercy towards people who've lived differently than I have, not just by choice, but oftentimes not by choices made by them, but things that have happened to them. God, we thank you for the glorious picture 
of your son, Jesus Christ, coming in a physical body to experience all the things that human beings experience and to offer us connection with you as our mediator. But God, we long for the day that that one day when you return, Jesus, when you come back, we will have unmediated connection and communication with God, our Father. We will be in his presence. And God, we can't wait for that. I pray for those who are struggling during this time. I, I pray that you will heal people of the virus, that you will give us a vaccine, you will give us a solution very quickly. But God, we also pray that we would not long so much to be back to normal, quote unquote, that we miss out on the things that you have given to us. The things that you've showed us, we are depending on apart from you. Thank you so much for your love for us. And I pray for those who are feeling lonely during this time. We pray that they would get connected to those people who will help them uh, find peace and love through Jesus Christ. It's in the name of Jesus we're able to pray these things. Amen. Thanks for joining us. Hope to see you soon. Hey, Brookwood family, my name is Josh Masters. I'm one of the pastors here at Brookwood Church, and I want to thank you for joining us for our online service. We also want to encourage you to visit our website for all the latest ways that you can serve, keep connected, and stay social while we're separated from this pandemic. You can also download the Brookwood Church app, and that's a great way to keep up to date on what's happening and find the daily readings that are connected and go with today's service. If you'd like to join Brookwood in caring for others by bringing the gospel into our homes, into the community, and even into the world now, we would love to have you do that. You can give by going to our website, by using the Brookwood Church app, or if you'd like, you can use the mailing address that's on your screen right now. We want you to know that the Brookwood Church staff and the pastors are still here. We're working hard remotely to support and serve our Brookwood family and our community. So please don't hesitate to reach out to us. You can use our phone number or you can use our email address. Now we wanna remind you, if you're watching this on Facebook, make sure to like our Facebook page if you haven't already done so. And if you're watching on YouTube, make sure to subscribe and hit that bell so that you don't miss any of our future videos. Remember, we are still the church. We're the church no matter where we meet, when we meet, or how we meet. So let's keep building one another up. Thanks for being part of our service, and we'll see you next time.